Quick question for me and the Making Money team. Would you like us to come into your workplace to teach you and your colleagues more about personal finance? It's an absolute joke that we're not taught what to do with money, and this knowledge gap makes most people much poorer over their lifetimes. Take your work-based pension. Most people have no idea what the fund they're invested in does, and plenty of people just opt out altogether. We can cover whatever is most important, from the basics to complex financial retirement planning supported by qualified financial advisors who are not there to sell you anything. We take different approaches for different people in a company depending on stuff like their age or their income. Anyway, if you think people you work with could benefit from financial education, then please email will at getmost.co.uk so he can explain more. It doesn't matter what your role is in the business, we want to hear from you. So email will at getmost.co.uk. Welcome to our mini festive episodes. We're taking a little break from what we usually do to answer some of your amazing questions. And if you stick around to the end, we've got a little surprise gift for you. So Louis asked, what is the one key lesson that we can learn from Charlie Munger's legacy? The one thing, the guy was like famous for being very direct, no, no bullshit at all. Had a very sharp mind. He was very funny. But the one thing that I took from him, I guess, was there's one thing he said where he was like in relation to inflation. He said, I'm optimistic about the future and I'm 98. So you should, you should be able to handle a little bit of inflation in your life. And I think what he was saying, he was, you know, I'm, I'm nearly dead and I'm still optimistic about the future. And it's that always optimistic, always like real about the situation that's in front of you. Nothing's ever the end of the world unless it's crypto, <laughs> which he didn't like. That's what I've taken away from him. His no BS simple approach of describing quite complicated topics and his always, always being optimistic even at the end of his life. There's a saying that goes, Andrew Craig said it actually, didn't he? Pessimists sound smart, optimists make money. You know. Well, I'm the most optimistic guy on the show, so. And you're making money at the yeah. minute. Yeah, yeah, you're doing well, aren't you? <laughs> You're not going to confirm. Oh, don't <laughs> I don't want to tax my coming for me yet. It was a question. No, it was an actual right. question. Yeah, you're doing, doing all right, well. aren't you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, yeah. Can't yeah. complain. Yeah. So, next question. Free Busky asks Were either of your parents financially savvy or was everything self taught? That's a good question. Um, my parents were, I guess, traditional Nigerians work hard, get a job as a doctor. Um, in oil, uh, my mum's doctor a, my, of oil. A doctor of oil. I'm a doctor of oil. <laughs> no, my mum's a doctor. My dad's in oil. Uh, loads of people in oil in Nigeria. Uh, and then it's either lawyer or like politician. And they just always said, work hard, uh, save up your money. They they're not in the property market. They they're in the house, but they they didn't buy loads of properties. They do have like an offshore um, island. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> they called own a country. It's called Tamale Island. Yeah, uh, um, they have like an offshore finance financial advisor who puts everything in a fund and manages all that. So they're big on investing, but they don't do it themselves. They've Did they a, talk to you about money much? It's very like, isn't it? You always said in the we past don't, that they yeah. don't talk about money. I mean, Nigerians don't really, as far as I'm aware, we don't really talk about money. Um, we do display it sometimes with uh, like, like lavish cars or like, you know, jewelry or whatever, but it's not really something you talk about. It's just, it's a bit crude. So you just kind of work hard and like, well, yeah, work hard and save your money. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, my dad was an absolute mess with money, but he wasn't in my life. I was raised by my mom as a single parent and my dad passed away when I was young, but he was, he was a car crash. He, there was nothing to be learned from his approach to money at all. And then my mom, 
she was a really good influence, but her like sphere of money is born out of being a single parent raising a child. And while I think that was easier in the past than it is today financially, it was all like budgeting and running a spreadsheet and things like that. So I had that kind of grounding, but there was never anything from investment or anything like that. And I think that's why I got into a bit of a mess in my twenties and I had to self-learn. So yeah, my mom taught me good money habits in terms of budgeting, but nothing around the investment side. And I think like what's really important that my parents instilled me at a young age was like, do work experience. So like every summer from like the age of 13, they were like, had me working for a law firm, like working in different industries, different businesses so that my CV was like solid. So I guess they didn't really teach me much about investments, but they said, make sure you've got a solid CV. You've got a lot of experience make some money and then you can worry about what to do with it when you have the money. So it was always about work ethic and knowing the value of money. That's what was important. Yeah, I think like parents are the platform that the kids kind of are, are like pushed off and my mom walked so I could run. Do you know what I mean? In that sense, okay. like she, she did the hard stuff of like raising me and taking, she could have easily slipped into, you know, poverty and such, but she made sure there was like a stable home and that I got a good education that I had everything I needed. And, you know, I've now been in my later life, been able to invest and thrive all because of that work, I think. Yeah. So, you know, it might not be that she didn't teach me anything, but I wouldn't be able to do what I did if she didn't do what she did. And in the same way with your parents, it's like- They laid the foundation. Yeah, they laid the foundation. So you might not learn much from your parents, but you might learn what you're learning today because of the sacrifices and the things that they did. Yeah. And then I turn around, I'm like, dad, I'm into crypto. And he's like, what are you doing? I've wasted my whole life. Why are you still living in this house? <laughs> you got your own little flat thing going on in yeah, the they, house. Yeah, they give me a little, yeah. little, a little wing in the house. Yeah, he's got his own door because because he rolls in. So For the record, times. I don't actually live with my parents, but I do have a bed there. It's a Nigerian thing. You've got to like, no matter how old you get, you can always go back to your parents' house, which is something that like, you don't really see in English culture. Yeah. They're like, get out, you're 16, you're 18, go, go sort your life out. But yeah. like, I've had uncles who like went back to live with my grandparents in Nigeria when they were like in their 40s we, just, we should just for like a while we should normalise living with parents again I think because within like tradition western culture or within the UK it's it's almost like you're a failure if you live with your parents yeah. but actually it's really good for setting yourself up financially exactly yeah and, and there's certain cultures where it's it's not like that at all is it like mm -hmm. you say maybe in Nigeria I know Poland people live with their parents a lot longer and stuff and yeah. it allows you to yeah, I mean that's how I spend the last like like few years before you can travel, you've got, you can save up, you can travel. You don't have any rent to pay. Rent is pretty much everyone's biggest expense, isn't mm. it? So, or like it's your main expense, depends on how you structure your income. But like, if you don't have to worry about rent, it gives you so much freedom. Yeah. It's like, if you live with your parents, you're a failure, but if you're in loads of debt up to your eyeballs, barely affording your rent, then you're a success. <laughs> you've got no heating, you've got the six <laughs> yeah, hoodies on when you go to But at least you bed. don't live at home. <laughs> Next question. So Byron asks, what are the true risks with doing nothing with your money? Um, good question. So the, when you say do nothing, what I, I, bet, I think you mean to just leave it in your bank account. So let's just assume nothing in this means collecting it in a bank account that doesn't really have any interest rate. That's, that is about the, one of the riskiest things you could do with money because you're guaranteeing that that money will go backwards by whatever the rate of inflation is. So and traditionally, let's say 2%. But in the last year, let's say we've touched 10%. If you've got a thousand pounds in there, that money's going backwards by spending power wise of a hundred pound in that year. So that that is a very definite risk. If you want to talk bigger than that, the risk is that your spending power will not keep up with inflation long-term. And even though you're saving, you'll get to a point where you've saved your whole life and you've just got this pot of cash that doesn't do much for you. 
So within in 30 years at an inflation rate of a two, 3%, we'll need about 70K to buy what 30K does today. So, you know, he might save and actually never get anywhere. The main reason we invest in the market is to produce a return that's above inflation so that our spending power continues to grow or at least keep up. By doing nothing, you're residing yourself to the fact that you're not gonna keep up with inflation. How, mu how much did you say you need to retire? Like have like a comfortable life? Well, they, they, Lisa Conway Hughes would say that 25 times whatever you wanna spend, yeah. because that allows you to draw 4% a year pretty sustainably. I would say 33 times because I think 3% is a, a more sustainable. Um, but yeah, whatever you wanna spend times it by 33. But a lot of that's assuming that you've got like a paid off house and these kind of things. Obviously if you haven't, it gets, it gets more, but you know, most people probably don't realize that a million quid is 30 to 40 grand a year in income in retirement. And most people will probably say that's not that much. But if you get, if I gave them a million quid, they'd be like, oh, I'm done. Do you know what I mean? I'm not working, any, yeah, any, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not working anymore. And then a few yeah. years later, they'd be like, oh, I do yeah. need to work again. Yeah. By the time we're like 60, 70, we'll be talking about, we'll probably be talking about the fact that a million pound home in the side in London is cheap. Do you know what I mean? Because inflation will just keep yeah. pushing the goalpost in that sense. But yeah, if you're, if you're not taking risk with money long-term, you're not exposing it to the market and things like this, you're guaranteeing that that money's going backwards spending power-wise. So Damo, tell me, what's all this Christmas gift malarkey you're talking about? Here we go. Books. We're gonna get underwear for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Unlucky. No, so this is a collection of all of the books from the guests that we've had on from previous episodes and some that haven't been on yet that we've already recorded. And we're gonna give someone a chance to win them. There's some great ones in here. So there's Deborah Meaden's book. It's actually signed by Deborah Meaden, I think. If I'm right. Yep, signed there. That's a great one. How to Own the World by Andrew Craig, prob probably one of the best personal finance books ever written. Follow the Money by Paul Johnson. This is a great book, great episode. But yeah, there's a load here and we wanna give them all away to one lucky winner. So how does that lucky winner get, get a hold of these books, get a chance to find them? So you click the link in the description below and just sign up using your email and we'll pick one person out of there and we'll, we'll post them to them. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals. <laughs> <laughs> Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app.